0: When you are a white man, when you are straight, when you are the gender that you were assigned at birth, you kind of have a good time on the internet generally. You live in a different world than the rest of than the rest of us do. Are you
1: saying I'm blindly optimistic about everything because I'm a cis white man? Account? I really <laughs> resent that. I'm just naturally optimistic. Entirely possible. <laughs> I think
0: it's a bit possible, Ben.
1: NVIDIA GTC is the global AI conference for developers, innovators, and creators who are passionate about how technology improves the world. Hear the latest groundbreaking work in AI, graphics, data science, and more through technical sessions and training. November 8th through 11th. Register for free at nvidia.com/gtc. Hello everybody. Welcome to the Stack Overflow podcast, a place to talk all things software and technology. I am Ben Popper the director of content here at Stack Overflow, and I am joined, as I often am, by my wonderful crew of co-hosts, Ryan, Cassidy, and Ciara. Hi, everybody.
2: Hello. Hello.
1: So today, I was thinking, just for fun, we would talk about DAOs and Web3. What do you think, Ciara? Does that sound like fun? On the
3: spot. I am going to just start off by saying, before I even answer that question, I think that I'm missing a baseline of like knowledge as far as the difference between all these, like, I guess, decentralized things. Right. Because I think a lot of times when we talk about these things like Web3, crypto, NFTs, we kind of group them all together. And now I'm thinking to myself, I just it's so funny that we're talking about this. I just had a conversation with a bunch of people on Twitter about this whole thing. And I realize a lot of people don't really know the difference, include myself included. Right. We just talk about them like we know what we're talking about. And maybe we really don't. Yeah. That's my entire career. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> we're all faking it until we <laughs> make it here.
1: Me especially. That's,
3: that's yeah, very right. true. But I kind of had to take a step back. So before I like totally derail the conversation to give some context, someone was talking about Web3 and how Web3 is going to change the internet and it's just going to like help so many like people can do all this like Web3 stuff without their identity being attached to it which is going to be a huge advantage for people from and I hate using this term but like people from underdeveloped or third world countries was what the person was saying
0: Mm -hmm, and
3: they got they received like a lot of backlash for this whole statement but someone retweeted what they said and they were like I just want to hear from people who aren't huge fans of the Web3 thing and I want to hear like why." So I, like, took the time to, like, read through the replies to kind of get, like, a better picture on both sides of things, right? Like, of people who are really for it and people who are against it. And I still feel like, even though I still feel like I don't have, like, a full picture of what these things really are, based off of, like, the way people talk about it, I'm still very cautious, is what I'll say. I don't
2: know what Web 3.0 includes at all. Yeah.
3: Like, I don't really have a good idea of what these things are. But I can say... I think we had a similar enthusiasm and attitude toward AI and machine learning thinking sure. that this was a technology that could solve human problems that were like systemic and just huge issues and we tried like let's use AI to like you know solve the whole bias thing and all that kind of stuff and it just ended up making the problem worse and I feel like we might be doing the same thing with these decentralized
2: technologies, right? Like we're trying to solve. It's a hype train. Any yeah. new technology gets on the hype train until it starts getting real life applications. Yeah. I think
1: 100% to what you said earlier, I remember the CEO of Coinbase was very bullish early on. He was like, decentralized finance is going to help people who are unbanked around the world. You know, the, the 1 billion people around the world who don't have access to a bank account. You know, decentralized finance and crypto is going to finally bring those people Stability, the ability to save, and you know, like DeFi and crypto is going to be such a you know great boost. Now, none of that, as far as I can tell, has come to pass. And Coinbase is basically just like Wall Street for crypto. Yeah, and like all the big banks invested in them, and they did a traditional IPO. So, like to your earlier point, like this like savior mentality, I think is kind of is misplaced and a little bit kind of offensive. Yeah. But I do think one thing I've seen, and maybe you've noticed this as well, because you mentioned a bunch of friends on Twitter with trying NFTs and art is that it does seem like there is a youthful, diverse community of people who are experimenting with crypto, blockchain, NFT art, DAOs, and that there is really a sort of permissionless feeling there where it's like, hey, we're early on. We don't know what this is going to look like. We don't have mainstream traction. But if you're a creator or an entrepreneur or a coder, like you can come in. We'll write these rules, these smart contract rules, and we'll try to all build something together. Now, obviously, it's not totally permissionless to join this Friends with Benefit DAO that A16Z just invested in. You have to buy $8,000 worth of their coins. Oh, so that's <laughs> that's <I didn't laughs> a baseline of, you know. But <laughs> on the other hand, there are a lot of young people who maybe didn't come from wealth who in the last year easily, you know, in the last three, four, five years easily got $8,000 worth of crypto. Like you don't have to have come from money to have participated in this community over the last five years and to have, you know, that kind of stake maybe. But Let's step back because I don't really know 100% what a DAO is or Web3. I feel pretty on, on like I'm on solid footing with crypto and blockchain. But yeah, I guess maybe, Cassidy, you could help me out a little. My sense is a blockchain is just a ledger, a public ledger, where we can trust each other because we know that to write and read from it, you, know, you have to participate with a bunch of decentralized nodes. And so we agree that we can trust the ledger. And you can use that for various things. You can write smart contracts. A DAO is basically like a, a corporation, an organization, where you agree to take money in, disperse money out, have voting rights, kind of like an open source idea, but it's all organized around a, a blockchain system, essentially, as like the central source of truth and the place to write your operating code, which are like your operating bylines for a corporation. And Web3 is this idea that just like the internet was you know, big and then mobile was big, blockchain and crypto will rewrite the rules and give new opportunities for people to do all kinds of creative things. And in 10 years, we'll look back and be like, You know, this was the start of Web3. Like, we don't know what Web3 is yet, but people who are bullish on it, like the folks at Andreessen Horowitz who invested in Friends with Benefit, the next web will be built around blockchain and decentralized computing, and we want to invest in the hip young creators and the, you know, sort of like nodes of excitement and entrepreneurship that are happening around this space. So that's my thing, but Ciara's shaking her head. (laughs) Uh, Let me get Cassidy, because you haven't spoken. I want to hear your take, and then Ciara, you could just rain fire on everything I just said.
0: (laughs) So... I also admittedly don't know a lot, but here's how I've made some sense of it. And so it's called Web 3 because there's Web 2 and Web 1. The first quote unquote iteration of the Web was basically the read only Web, where it was people just kind of putting up websites, probably mostly academics, because that's what the Web was first made for, being able to share documents and, and research and stuff. And then Web 2 is what pretty much everybody knows of today, where it's kind of like the interactive web, where you, you can actually use it, interact with it, chat on it. It's, it's very social and stuff. And When you think about Web2 and its flaws, you kind of think about basically security and monetization
1: content moderation.
0: <laughs> yeah, content moderation. Yeah, no, exactly. And so with web 2 applications, websites, things that are present and prevalent today, you see a ton of data breaches. People often worry about like their own free speech and things depending on the the sites and that you're on and the countries that you're in. Your data is very much owned by the companies that run these yeah. social media platforms you're
2: all locked into uh, all of the platforms right yeah
0: and then on the monetization side kind of plays into the security aspect of it where it typically is like some company launches an application and and i'm talking about the big social networks of today most of the google apps and stuff like that it accumulates a ton of users and then monetizes the users rather than anything else like like subscriptions and stuff. And granted, there are websites that have subscriptions, but it's definitely based on selling the data of the users or ads right. based yeah. on the users and stuff. And so with Web3, it's trying to get rid of those problems. And again, this is this is probably like just scratching the surface and I don't fully understand it. But the point of it is supposed to be like very self-governing where it's not like these big companies owning your data and stuff. You're supposed to own your data because it's on the blockchain and and decentralized and stuff. Payments are built in so you don't have to think about that kind of monetization aspect of your data being sold. And it's robust in a way because it's on the blockchain. It's, It's not relying on a company somewhere and their data to keep your information active. I think.
3: <laughs> okay, I have lots of thoughts, and I'm honestly speaking, I'm really trying not to just be a hater. Like, I don't want to sure. be one of those people that just like
2: let the hate run through. <laughs> right?
3: you. I'm trying not to be that person who's just like skeptical and super like cautious because it's something new. But at the same time, I do feel like if this is something that's supposed to be the next phase of the web, right? Something this big of a deal. I do think it deserves to be criticized closely. Yeah, agreed. I do. Like it's not just like it's not just something that's a side project or even a new product or something like that that's revolutionizing tech alone. We're talking about like totally redoing how the web works. Because of that, I think when people get on Twitter or when they write these articles or e- even when they start companies preaching like this decentralized utopia, I think we deserve to add some realism into the mix because like with web two, right? I'm sure when that first came out, everybody thought it was gonna be amazing. This was gonna be great. And look what like the problems that we've created are like huge and have had huge impacts on like people, like right. in general. And I don't think that web three is gonna be any different. I don't think that like I hear Decentralized, and I hear like you don't your identity. You're like anonymous. That's scary. Same. Right. I'm totally like mm-hmm. not for that.
1: Like just to take that thread that you put out there. So I don't. Do you guys remember Arab Spring? That was like one of the first big sort of social uprisings that was organized on social media as we know it. And people looked at that as a watershed moment. And they said, "This is great. Like people in a country who are dispossessed or under a dictatorship can now use social media to organize. And this is like a new dawn for democracy and." citizens' rights and citizens' ability to organize. And now we're a decade later and people's view of social media is the complete opposite. Like it's destroying democracy and it's all feeding us disinformation. And it's making us all hate each other. So in that brief span of time, relatively speaking, it went from being this savior to this villain. And that I think often happens because power becomes centralized in a certain area and people are putting profit above other interests. So the only thing I would say back to you, Sierra, is I'm sure there will be problems with this as well. And I can think of one right off the top of my head, which I'll mention. But if it was truly decentralized and people did have this earlier vision of the web, but it was really hard to execute, you know, a semantic decentralized web where everybody owns their own data and we sort of collectively power it, then you don't end up with operating system owners, device owners, and, you know, social network owners who are kind of controlling everything and making the decisions instead of the users making the decision. So that's like the vision for the future of the DAO.
3: I just don't know if it's gonna pan out like that. Sure, like I, it won't. <laughs> it's like it's, legitimate. That's yeah, an yeah, ideal I, I, world scenario, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think another thing is that a lot of people are into like the crypto, the NFTs, not because they think this is something that unbanked people are gonna be able to use and it's gonna change <laughs> the world for the better, They're into it for profit. Right. And I think we should just lead with that. Like, if you're going to tell me that you're into NFTs and you're into crypto because it makes you money, fine. Like, that's totally fine. But to preach this, like, savior mentality of, like, I want to change the world and I want to make it a better place through like decentralized finances or whatever. That's usually like you just mentioned Coinbase earlier. That's usually not how it really pans out. Like, And if you're into it for the profit, fine. You don't think the venture capitalists and Andreessen you know? and
1: Horowitz are, are into this
2: out of the goodness of their hearts? You think they're in this to make money? <laughs> Save, saving the world $1 at a time, right?
0: Whenever I think of anonymous and that sort of thing and, and everyone owning everything, you got to think about the people who are disadvantaged in the world and the categories of people who are more prone to harassment on the internet and stuff. And unfortunately, right. there are bad actors everywhere. And when I hear anonymous, I hear people getting away with stuff. And unfortunately, sure. that's very cynical. But that's what I. But see.
1: I don't know if is how it out every time. That's how you'd have to write the rules. Like you could create a DAO that was for a social network or any idea where you would share money or share information or join together and say. The rule of this one is it's not anonymous. Like you have to bring real names or proof, and that's how we're running this down to participate. That's like one of the ground rules. Like things would still be decentralized, and so everyone would vote with their CPU or their token or whatever it is to make the decisions. But a a DAO or a web three activity doesn't have to be anonymous by nature,
2: I don't think. Right. But I don't think we're worried about, you know, Cassidy or Ciora's DAO. I think we're worried about the Hitler stands putting together a, a DAO of all their anonymous stuff and being like right. let's just share you know the documents of our enemies right? yeah yeah Compile well, a, and it's very blockchain based hit list
1: <laughs> there will always be jedi yeah. like us and there will always be sith you know everybody's going to use these tools some for good and some for bad so in this discussion let's maybe we could just say like are these tools interesting could they be useful how could you use mm-hmm. them like maybe a, a slightly more neutral way to discuss it and, and it's fine to say like what could the bad outcomes be, Sierra? I agree. Not like I to just say think like we need inevitably to talk about this will more. turn to shit because it did for this, this, and that. True, that is the history of the world, but I'm a glass kind of half full guy, you know?
3: Oh, I so am not. <laughs> I so am not that person. Like I just was thinking about, Cassidy, you probably know this, but Ryan and Ben, maybe not. I'm really into K-pop, right? Like it's like a huge <laughs> obsession of mine right? as of late. Right, exactly, you know? But I have gotten onto the K-pop side of Twitter. And it's a mess there. And one of the reasons why it's a mess is because there's so much anonymity. People don't go by their real name. They don't have like their real pictures up. So they feel really comfortable saying anything to anybody about everything. And these are like a lot of times, like they're like girls who are like 15 and 16, maybe like 18, 20, 21. And they're being like horrible people. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. I think one of the major reasons is because your identity is not really tied to it. Like, on my Twitter account, that's my identity. My profession is tied to it. So I'm very mindful of what I say and do, not just because I want to be a good person, but also because people know that it's me. But like for a social media where anonymity is not like built into it, people still like use that to be horrible people.
1: Absolutely. So
3: mm-hmm. I kind of, that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about. Okay,
1: but Web3 is our chance <laughs> to reinvent this. This is, we, we could start a DAO <laughs> tomorrow, the four of us. We could start soliciting new members. We could hand out tokens and we could build a better social network that does not allow anonymity. I mean, that's like the vision of Web3 is like, hey, we got some new tools. we got some new options for how you can build, govern and monetize things like build what you think is better. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's like my would be, I guess, my rebuttal, my
2: optimist's rebuttal. I mean, I'm definitely excited about the possibility of decentralization. I think people have tried a decentralized social networks with things like Mastodon and it's truth. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's uh it's tough. It's tough getting like federating all the sources and somebody still has to vet who gets in there, right? And I think this where there is some sort of buy-in, where there's some sort of skin in the game, that may tune out some of the, the bad actors. Except for the state actors, which have unlimited money.
1: Cassidy, what do you think? We can't we can't dial it up and make a better social world?
0: So here's where I bring up kind of what I said before in terms of Disadvantaged, if we make it not anonymous, let's just say, unfortunately, I have seen enough of the world. Most people can be mostly decent, but people have their own worldviews and those clash with other people. And that happens when you are not a white man, when you are straight, when you are the gender that you were assigned at birth, you kind of have a good time on the internet generally. You live in a different world than the rest of than the rest of us do. Are you
1: saying I'm blindly optimistic about everything because I'm a cis white man?
0: Account?
1: I really <laughs> resent that. I'm just naturally but optimistic. I think
0: it's a bit possible, Ben. <laughs> optimistic um, by birth, but the, right? The, and and oh, when you see certain people call things out and speak their minds and say something somewhat controversial, if you are a white man, you are probably going to be totally fine saying those views and you won't get much flack for it if you are not you're going to get flack for it and if you do use real names and aren't like have your identity verified then it's kind of exposing you in a, in a way and and it could be something even as simple as there have been times where i've tweeted an opinion about a web framework and oh my gosh i mm-hmm. get so many responsive people being just like well actually that's not how that works or are you sure you know what you're talking about right. and then my coworker He'll post something incredibly similar and everyone will just agree with him. No one will question him. He had right. hardly any responses and that, that's just it. And we have around the same number of followers, around the same type of audience. and so that's just how it is in our lives. And yeah, so I, I just, again, this is me being a cynical person on the internet, I guess.
1: No, no. We'll do a DAO from the ground level. We'll build it. So like you have to pay more depending on your level of privilege. So I'll pay okay. the most. Ryan and I will pay the most just to get on board. (laughs) (laughs) Like I would vote for reparations, but I don't control the federal government, but we can build the DAO however we like. So I'm just saying like, I'm ready to try to build it better. I know
3: for myself, one thing I always look at with anything is like the identity of the people who are in support and the identity of the people who are a little more cynical. And I feel like with web three DAOs, crypto blockchain stuff in general, I feel like people who are usually of groups that are oppressed are the ones who are like, "Mm, I think we should think about this a little bit harder before we Mm -hmm. jump into this. And that to me says a lot. And even like the whole, Cassidy, you mentioned like who are the people who are in power and those power structures usually transfer no matter what things are looking like, like no matter if we change the web. And a lot of times when we try to, like, solve these very human problems with technology, we end up just making the situation worse. And I don't see any convincing evidence yet that that's not going to be the case with Web3 or all this stuff. So that's why I'm very cautious. I'm not going to, like, hate on anybody who wants to get involved (laughs) in it. I think, you know, everyone has a right to do what they want to do. But I do kind of have to be like... "Mm, I don't know. know. To
1: do the research here, we should reach out to friends with benefits. It was interesting because in the investment thesis for friends with benefits, like part of what they were saying was talented engineers with just an internet connection can contribute to important blockchain projects regardless of their age, gender, location, pedigree, et cetera, right? Like anybody can go in and the same is true for open source software. Like anybody can go in and throw something against the wall and see if it sticks or try to make a comment. Now we know from Stack Overflow and asking questions and answers, like obviously there are gatekeepers and there are ways in which the community may not be as friendly or inclusive as you, th- it may not be as open and right. permissionless like, as like if you, think, you
0: look right? at any web framework authors, unfortunately, you don't see a lot of diversity there. It's possible for anybody con- to contribute to open source, to contribute on Stack Overflow and things like that. But I know, for example, on Stack Overflow, a grand majority, maybe not a majority, a large number... Of people that I know have fake names on Stack Overflow because they want to hide the fact that they're a woman.
1: Mm, Interesting. So you're saying we have a lot more female (laughs) users than we thought? Is that (laughs) good news? (laughs) I mean, I'm always trying to put a positive spin on things.
0: We can look at it like that if you want to. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Ben.
1: (laughs) The world is terrible. You guys are right. The world is a horrible place. Well, Cassidy and Sierra, let me ask you a different question because I'd be curious to know, like we had actually, I thought was like a really interesting conversation last time about like 10 years in, you know, coding. It wasn't really 10 years, but like our journey, you know, through from beginning till now. Sierra, you had mentioned, you know, right, like just sort of joining a class that was online and then getting in touch with social networks and creator communities that kind of helped you to find a way into the industry. Are there things that you see as being positive or hopeful at this moment in technology of being in the software industry where you're like, it seems like things might be moving in a better direction. It seems like things might be This industry might be becoming more accessible? Or again, am I, I could be totally lost in my like dreamy white guy. Like it seems like things are getting better. I could be totally off base. I would,
3: I'll say that's probably true. I'll say that it feels like sometimes, and again, like this is totally me being a pessimist just in general (laughs) in life forever. I've always been this way. (laughs) But I feel like every time we take a step forward, we like take five back. So in some ways, we have someone who's making a or trying to make a whole lot of impact in the tech industry to change things for the better. But then there are people who have more power who make who are making them exponentially worse at the same time. So mm. I don't even know if I mentioned this during the last podcast, but like over the summer, one of my like kind of techy techish jobs was that I was teaching at a camp for <clears throat> girls where we would teach them how to code for two weeks. It was called Co with Clossy and it was the whole point oh, of it yeah. is that We're trying to like introduce young girls into computer science so that we can like help improve the pipeline later on down the line. And one of the things that I had had such a hard time with doing this was because I was so involved with the tech industry. I could see like I'm a person, because a lot of the people who are like staff members are college students or actual teachers. So they're not like really in the tech industry. So as someone who's really in the tech industry or getting involved in the tech industry, I saw how things could really be. I saw how bad things could get. Like I had just come off of like being harassed online just for like building projects. I felt so bad encouraging these girls to join into the tech industry, knowing how things really are. It felt like I was trying to do something wrong and right at the same time, which was very like, I don't know. I don't know the word for it, but it was really, it was really a really strange feeling because I feel that way sometimes now. Like I'm a big proponent of people of all backgrounds getting into tech, making tech as accessible as possible. But at the end of the day, things are really bad. That sounds so pessimistic, but they they are. Like, in reality, let's be completely honest. This is why we have this idea of Web3 in the first place, because things are not going the way we want them to. So am I excited about or do I think things are getting better? I can't really say Yes. I think that we're taking baby steps to making them better, but I think we're taking even bigger steps to making them worse. And this is something I, I think about a lot about my contribution to whether or not things are getting better or worse and how much that means in the grand scheme of things. Right. Sorry to take things in like a dark, you know, <laughs> it's
2: right. it's
0: very true. Cause like there are some things where like, for example, I do think a lot of events in tech are so much better. Like if you talk to me six or seven years ago, there would not be a lot of conferences out there that even have a code of conduct or anything. And now you Mm. can't get away with that. And so luckily, there's been a lot of awareness around a lot of these problems, which is very true. But I've also been in that situation, CR, where I've been harassed on the internet so hard where I'm just like, why am I in this industry? Why am I encouraging people to get in this industry? This is awful. I want to quit. But then there's so many good opportunities where I see people literally turning their entire lives around because they're able to get a job in it. And so it's it's very much a double-edged sword. And I I try to think on the positive side of things. And I would <laughs> love for Web3 and, and this kind of stuff to solve a lot of those problems. I think that's great. But I right. think a lot of them are, first of all, human problems. You right. have to look at the mm-hmm. humans who are building this kind of technology. And there's a phrase that Kim Creighton says a lot where it's tech is not neutral or apolitical. You can build as much as you want to try to make it neutral and apolitical, but it always will be because humans are running it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's so many pros and cons to this industry. And that, that's why I always point to when I'm talking about like the decentralized technology
3: as a whole, I always point to... AI and machine learning because we thought, as humans are the biased ones, let's let the computers make the decisions and there will be no bias, everything will be perfect. But we keep seeing time and time again how this is just not true because if humans are building the technology, it's inherently going to be carry the bias of those humans who are building it.
2: At some point, a human makes a decision. A human picks the set of images. Right. You know. Exactly. Once the machines are building the machines, it'll all be better.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, just a small example of this that's, that's very, very real. A friend of mine worked on one of the first iterations of xbox way back in the day and and she mm-hmm. joined as a tester and it was when the what was that camera thing called
2: oh the, the K- connect connect, the connect. connect yeah. yeah
0: she was going to be like a software tester for the connect and she was the first woman and the first person of color on the team and so she goes up to the Kinect, and first of all it's not detecting her because of her skin and it couldn't right. actually hear her voice activation Stuff because, like, the fan was operating at the frequency of her higher voice and uh, then all of the men on the team who had been building it and stuff. This is just a very small example of the larger problems at hand. If they hadn't hired her, if they hadn't had someone that is different from them building it, they would have been completely blind to that problem. And so, diversity is good because I think right now, the crypto space, there are some people in it who who are not white men or men in general. But it it's something that I think needs to be looked at by a wide variety of people to be able to really solve some of these problems.
1: Tell me what you think of this, because I'm curious. Like when I look out at government, you know, we said these are human problems. You know, these are problems of organization and society and structures. I mean, how do we like right the wrongs and and build things for the future that would be better? Like if we, yeah, cast the you, or like take Take a good step forward and don't take a step back, or two steps forward for every one step back, as opposed to the opposite. Something like that. You know, like government to me generally seems to be pretty inefficient. I try to like tune it out after a certain point. Whereas so much has happened in technology and business over the last you know twenty years while I've been paying attention. So, like, let's take Stack Overflow as an example. We know we still have a ton of work to do to make the community more welcoming and inclusive. Like you were just mentioning something I'd never even heard of before, which is that people are sort of like they want to use it, but they feel like they can't use it as themselves. But our senior leadership team or our you know, podcast hosting group here are considerably more diverse than they were five or ten years ago, right and I'm curious, like do you think we have the some of the tools now or the optionality because the way things are more open, interactive and distributed to like build the change you want to see in the world like I'm not saying there's not a lot of evil you know pushing down on us or people with power pulling us in the wrong direction, but do you have The ability to build things better or build things that you would want to see because of the open web and open source and open networks decentralized blockchain?
3: I would like to say yes. I'll use my previous work experience at COVID Classy as an example. I think this is like a nonprofit organization that's trying to do really great things, right? Like they're trying to get young girls and like diverse girls. We had black girls, Asian girls, like we had people of all backgrounds from different places, different like economic backgrounds. And I think that's like a a great thing that they're a great change. They're trying to implement, but then like that's one company, first of all, out of the slew of like many that don't care at all about women in tech or diversity in tech. Then there are also things like one of the statistics that we push is that like there's a high percentage of the girls who participate in COVID Colossae who go on to study computer science in college who become, Mm. you know, they study, they get a degree in computer science or they try to, And that is a very hopeful statistic, but that doesn't factor in the girls who actually graduate with their CS degrees. Because if you think about the way I've seen the statistic pop up every now and then of how like a lot of women who enroll in these CS degree, like to get their CS degree, either change majors and things like that because of how... Bad things are in that phase of things, in that phase of the journey.
0: I experienced that firsthand. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. And
3: like, you're one of the few who make it through, right? You're one of the few who actually push through and like get your degree and like go on to do great things. But there's this one company, COVID Closet, who's trying to do such great things. But that impact is probably a lot smaller than we would hope because of the way things work in college. And then even further, the way things work when you actually start to work in tech so i think about these things again about like this company is trying to take five steps forward but because of the college world and because of the tech world in general it's like we're still 10 steps behind so how far did we really get because having that organization is better than not right right like Mm -hmm. but It's going to take a really long time to see real impact of these things.
2: It's a a bigger problem than tech.
3: Right, exactly, exactly. If
0: you look at like the CEOs and the leadership teams of a lot of companies, there's some companies, including my own, where we have particularly diverse teams, but look at the leadership team being just like, yes, we have this percentage of women, non-binary, people of color, et cetera, but the CEO CTO, COO, etc. are are white men. And so great, you're you're starting to hire it, but like as you get higher up the chain, there are less and less because people don't want to deal with crap. It's something where you start to question after a point, like, do I really want to stick with this? Yeah. And I and that's that's definitely pessimistic of me, but as someone who did go through a computer science program, multiple times, I was the only girl in the classroom or or one of a couple. Multiple times, I was told I only got the job because I, I look the way I look. Multiple times, mm. I was told that people went easy on me because of how I look. So on and so forth, where I was just kind of like, I know you're wrong. I'm going to keep pushing forward. But I know a lot of people who were just like fine, you know what, I'm I'm done with this and and left. Right. And I can't blame them because it's it's mm-hmm. that's how the world still is. I think it's it's important to encourage people to continue to get in the industry, but it's also incredibly important to educate and have consequences for the people who don't understand the importance of it and who aren't willing to allow that change to happen.
1: Right. It's just so interesting to me. This is more like a personal issue, but I agree with everything you're saying and I feel like it rings true. And I also recognize that I can't, I could try to be empathetic, but I can't share your perspective because I didn't have to go through that. I guess what's funny is I, yeah, I'm often, I often think of myself as an optimistic person. Like, I guess I keep trying to ask, like, do you think we could build it better? Or do you think we have the right tools? If I felt the way you did, I would just like, go jump off a bridge. Like, it's just so funny. Like, I keep saying things are okay, you know, and you keep telling me, well, you don't really know, but like, here's the truth. But it's like, but like what, then what motivates you? I mean, like Sierra, I'm so interested. Like, if you really feel that way, like what's motivating you to get up and come on the podcast and go do your job and go teach these, you know, girls at this camp. Like if I really saw the world used the way you saw it and I was like, my lived experience, like, I can't imagine getting out of bed in the morning.
3: There's there's a we lot going on here. I, and <laughs> no. I definitely, like, if you follow me on Twitter long enough, there have been times where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to stick around, but there's a few things that do keep me around. And again, I just talked about how low impact all the diversity work we do is. And that sounds so horrible to say out loud because it's not really that true. Because if you impact a person's life in a way where they, like, are able to make a living wage and all that kind of good stuff, that's not really low impact, but- On the grand scheme of things, that's how it feels sometimes. But despite me saying all that, there have been times where I gave a talk with my natural hair and someone sends me a tweet like, my daughter walked past the computer while I was watching you and she said, like, mom, she has hair just like me. That kind of stuff? Really? Mm -hmm. Like, that is the kind of stuff that, like, literally makes me like, okay, maybe this isn't so bad. And then also at the same time, like I just said, like, Things are really bad. And it's also like, where else am I going to go? Like on mm. the days that are really bad where I can't even think about like those tweets that I get every now and then. I'm like, right. there's not really anywhere else. Like, Because these are like we said, these are like society problems, right? They're not necessarily like unique to tech. So it doesn't really matter where I go. I'm probably going to run into some of these issues to a certain degree. So I'm just like, I might as well stay here. I've invested enough time and effort at this point. Like it, I might as well keep doing it. It's almost like when you read a really bad book and you're like
0: halfway through and you're like, I might as well
3: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. read it. You know? Tickets to Mars are also Sun very expensive fallacy. at this
0: point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a gambler's fallacy. Okay, yeah.
0: I really just, again, there have been times where I'm like, I'm going to leave this industry and I'm done. But seeing people being able to change their lives because they've learned how to code and get opportunities that they never would have dreamed of that honestly makes it worth it for me yeah and and sometimes it's few and far between and then sometimes when it rains it pours and there's there's a ton of people doing it but being able to help people get to that point is probably my biggest motivator yeah it's
3: very fulfilling that part of it really is when you help someone like get a job where they're able to like you know take care of their family pay off debt things Mm -hmm. like that that is actually like real impact right there. And I know I just said how it's like really not, but it is. (laughs) I need to, I need to redact that that part. It it really is.
1: All right. It is that time of the show. I'm going to shout out a Lifeboat badge winner. Somebody who came on Stack Overflow, they found a question with a score of negative three or less. They gave it an answer that got a score of 20 or more. And now the question has a score of three or more. So the knowledge has been saved from the dustbin of history. Today, the award goes to Tadek, Tadek, awarded October 25th. The question is, how do I go about computing a factorial of an integer in Python? So thank you, Tadek, for giving us an answer. All right, everybody, I am Ben Popper, the director of content here at Stack Overflow. You can always find me on Twitter at Ben Popper. You can always email us, podcast at Stack Overflow, uh, with questions and suggestions. And if you like the show, do leave a rating and a review. It really helps.
2: I'm Ryan Donovan. I'm a content marketer here at Stack Overflow. I edit the blog and the newsletter. You can find me at on Twitter at Arthur Donovan. And if you have a great idea for a blog post, please email me at pitches at stackoverflow.com.
3: I'm Ciora Ford. I'm a developer advocate at ApolloGraphQL. I spend most of my time on Twitter and you can find me there at Ciorio, that's C-E-E-O-R-E-O underscore.
0: I'm Cassidy Williams, Director of Developer Experience at Netlify. You can find me at Cassidy C-A-S-S-I-D-O-O, on most things.
1: All right, everybody. We will talk to you soon.